Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 302. And it's Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. The 5th of November. Remember, remember. The 5th of November. The 5th of November. Thank you for being with us today. We've got a special guest with us. How does the rest of that go? I don't know. Uh, Our special guest is Layton's dad, my uncle, Paul. Hello, everyone. Um... Hi, Dad. Paul, you've been on the podcast Hi. before. Do you remember what you discussed when way back when? I do not remember, but I remember being on okay. before sometime. Were you saying a song one time? Oh, that's true. The live podcast. Oh, yeah, the, the live the, podcast. The very first inaugural live podcast. Live podcast. Yeah, yes. the Maiden, well, the maiden yeah. live podcast. Uh, Paul and Trish uh, were at my parents' house the other day, and he told us a story <laughs> about a recent trip. Paul's a bus driver. And he often hauls Amish on different, all over the place, all all over the United States anyway, and I guess Canada too. Yes. And he had just a, an interesting story on this last trip that they went on. Oh my! So we'd love to hear that story, but I'd also like to hear how you plan on turning this into a family business where one day Layton takes the reins <laughs> and becomes a... Takes the wheel. Takes the woo, yeah. Because <laughs> you're hauling Amish, that, but you're not driving horses. That's <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'd like to know what that looks like, too. Yeah. What is the process? Oh, my. Because I haven't figured it out yet. He hasn't. <laughs> and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to figure out oh, the process goody. either. Here's something that I have discovered. Oh, boy. Um, Beings that Trish and I are past young children and school-age children. Our children are all grown up. They're adults. They have their own homes and everything. And it's okay for us to leave for a week. We don't have any pets. We just pack our clothes, put it in the bus, and we're gone for a week. And nobody misses us. We're all good. That's not true. Well, some miss us. Yeah, right. <laughs> not as many. But just not just not dependents. Right. 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 So, I guess the the thing that I have learned is this is not an occupation or something for a young father or for someone that has a young family. You, yeah, yeah. This would mm-hmm. not have worked for me mm-hmm. back when Layton was five years old, or you know, in school. Yeah. It was. It's good to be at home and to be involved with your children's lives, especially as they go through school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I do think it does look. I think it would be fun to do. I'm not sure I'd want to do it for twenty years. Right. But I think it would be fun to do for. Four maybe years. maybe several years. Yeah, you get to see the country, um, but is it is it stressful for you? And is it more stressful than if you're just going with your family on vacation? I think it's more stressful with my family. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the reason I say that is because someone has to plan where we go, and what we do, and when we do it. Yeah, 
when I'm driving as a bus driver, the tour guide takes care of all of that. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure that the bus is functioning properly and gets us to the next destination. That's all I have to do. And if I get tired, then I tell Trish, hey, you want to drive? And she says, yeah. So then she drives and I rest. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice for the two of us to go together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's why it would be a little bit more stressful when you go with family to do stuff. So do you you don't offer any tours then? I do not. Oh, I, no. I didn't know that. I thought you did some no, tours no. as well. I sometimes people uh, will call and say, "Hey, we're going to Brookfield Zoo on Saturday. Would you could you find us a place to eat breakfast?" And I'm like, "No, really, I, I." That stresses me out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I have to find a place for them to eat breakfast. I know some places, but I never know are they going to like it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, is it going to be well maybe busy this time of this day yeah. or this time of day? Reserved for right. sure enough room. The one thing, the one place you can never go wrong with Amish is Cracker Barrel, Golden Corral. Oh, that one too. Oh, that's a. Golden Corral. I mean, it's gold for them. You could probably they take a you could probably take a, a twice weekly trip up to the Golden Corral in Mishawaka. Oh my word! <laughs> yeah, they probably would line up and go along. All aboard the Golden Corral Express. <laughs> so, Paul, if anyone listening would happen to want you to drive a bus for them, do you have a phone number or website or Facebook page? Sure, sure. We have a phone number. We do not have a Facebook page, and we do not no. have a, a website. Do you have an Airtable where someone could fill out a form and you know, send their contact information to you, request, request I, a bus ride? I have a kitchen table. They could come and sit down, and <laughs> we could talk. It ain't in the air, though. I'll tell you that. There's no air there. <laughs> so what's the phone number? If someone The phone it? number is 574-773-3345. That gets you Berea Transport and... The girl that takes care of all that stuff, the scheduling and everything, is Carrie Yoder. Layton mm. knows her. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> no, no. All right. She used to be a Miller, not? Yes. Yeah. Oh, what happened? I married her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Jeff, how soon is this coffee going to be ready? Uh, pretty, pretty soon. All right. Give it a couple minutes, yeah. So maybe we can... Do you want to introduce the story a little bit, Paul, the setting that <clears throat> sure. we're about to... Dive into? Sure. We went on this, they call it the Deep South Tour. Oh, boy. And so... Um, the Deep South. We go we go from Indiana to Kentucky and Tennessee and then on into Alabama. And then from Alabama, we go west to Mississippi and then on into Louisiana. And later we come up through Mississippi and then into Tennessee, Kentucky, and back to Indiana. So that's the the route of the tour, the states that we go. So as we go south, mm-hmm. we stopped in Elizabethtown, Kentucky for the night. And we leave on Sunday noon. Usually we don't leave till Monday morning, but this time they didn't want to go two weeks so they decided, you know, we'll leave Sunday noon. 
drive to Elizabethtown, Kentucky, sleep, and then drive the rest of the way down to Biloxi. No, not Biloxi. Moline, That's Alabama. Moline, yeah, yeah, Alabama. And yeah. we stay overnight there. Okay. However, so everything's going well on Monday. We're going, we come through Nashville, Tennessee, and we're heading on south on Interstate 65. And all of a sudden, my alarm goes off How's it in sound? my dash. Well, it's a beeping sound. Oh. It's a beep beep. Light your phone, like, beep, to, beep. To, to keep you awake? or? Well, no, not really. It's just. Is it like an urgent? Yeah. Like a, almost like a siren? Like, well, if you have, if you have a, a vehicle that has air, an air system and you have low air, that beeping sound comes oh. on. So if you have one of those, okay. you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, boy. It's just there and it beeps and it's annoying. And so you, it doesn't sound great. No. As soon as that alarm goes off, you are looking at what is, um, what's, what are my gauges doing? And so I look at the little computer readout. Oh, boy. And it just shows me a little temperature gauge and warning. And so I quick pull over to the right and I stop. And as I stop, oh. the engine dies. Wow. Well, it's a good thing you yeah. veered over. Yeah. It would have died in the middle of the highway. And then you have no power steering to careen this big commercial vehicle off to the side have you ever tried to steer your bus no i have not okay i mean i can't imagine you should see the steering rods and stuff down in there they're probably two two inch thick rods that are that are (coughs) pushing pushing those front wheels back and forth oh boy and so yeah okay wait i feel like right now we need to like hold everyone in suspense yeah and talk about the coffee yeah hmm to be continued. Dun, dun, dun! So I think, was it last week or the week before I mentioned that we might be getting some coffee from China? Well, this is that coffee. Hmm. Mm. This isn't flavored. Jeff, what did you say about it? <clears throat> so I have a note here from the giver of this coffee was uh, who were Elliot... And Krista Mullet. Elliot and Krista Mullet. And they gave us this coffee and they said, from China, expect a different flavor. Acquired a taste. So far I've just smelled it. Smelt it? It smells flavored to me. It, it does it does it's, smell flavored. It smells chocolatey. I think the flavored smell is from the cup. No, that's not what I wanted to hear, Jeff. But I'm not sure. It may be from the coffee itself. Let me let me smell this uh, coffee container. Well, it's gonna smell just like the other one, like just like the, the coffee thing. doesn't taste flavored though. Yeah, I, I can't determine if it's the coffee itself or the. Cup. It's undeterminable. I don't, I don't think it's flavored, Jeff. After I tasted it, it's, it's not flavored. It tastes mm. Chinese. It tastes like uh, like uh. I feel like I should get some sugar and stir it with chopsticks. Right. Uh, it's a very um. It's watery, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, yeah. Yes. That 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 describes it very well. I couldn't figure out how I would describe it's, it, but it's watery. It's yeah. surprisingly it's, it's, watery. It's a very yeah. clean. It's a very clean cup for a French press. That's for sure. It's it tastes like watery coffee with some soy sauce dribbled in. It it, it has a different flavor for sure. It's like sauce. a. 
It is very unique. It has a very earthy flavor. It does. It's like there's dirt earthy. mixed in it. Yeah, I I agree with Jeff. I haven't decided on my star rating, but I do I do like it. I, I've decided on my star rating. <clears throat> I'm trying to think where would I enjoy this coffee most? <clears throat> would I like it, you know, at work throughout the day, or would I like it for um, early morning? This would be a good devotional time. This would be a good coffee for um, drinking with a light, sugary snack, like like uh, tea cakes. Tea time. This is tea time coffee. Mm -hmm. It takes me to like early morning in the winter. uh, I just got done cutting down a tree, Hmm. and like then it's like okay, I'm done with cutting down this tree. I need a coffee break. And then I go over to this and I t- and I taste. This is what the coffee tastes like. It's I because think, your nose has been plugged up with with dust from cutting the tree down. Right, kind of like tampers it's with the like, flavor. It's got some grit, it's, or like it, it. I mean, it doesn't have grit in it, no. but it, it it tastes, tastes gritty. Yeah, it, it takes me. To, I was with you part of the way. It does feel like it takes me to a place where I was working outside in the cold. Yeah, but it doesn't take me inside to the cup of coffee. It keeps me. I remain outside, oh, yeah, I around, outside around a fire where this coffee was actually prepared on a percolator over fire. Like mm. it tastes very. Oh yeah, natural. You're, I'm tasting this outside. Yeah, like next I'm to the it was made. Tree. It was made outside. Oh, I don't in know the fire. Means. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can. I, I, I get behind. Yeah, it's that. definitely got that. That it's got some ash. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it, but it is not bitter. No. No. It is not bitter. No. It's usually, not, usually when you make coffee over a fire, it is so strong and it's bitter. Yeah. All right. Favorite coffee brews. Here we go. I'm on the air table. I'm submitting. What? I don't see it. Oh, I have it. I have it filtered. All right. I need to not have it filtered. Well, what's this stuff called? Um, n- natural. Is that the top or the bottom? It should be at the top of the recent brews. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> recent brews. Okay, got it. But this is Wait, this what, coffee you... is the um, natural Arabica coffee from oh, Unique. All right, I'm 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 backing this off. <clears throat> I'm gonna give it a three. I give it a four. I gave it a two. I, I'm giving it a three because. It's good, but I don't think I would buy it over other coffees out there. I for sure wouldn't. It's an average. For it's me. Uh, to me, it's a, it's better than average. If it's this good in a French press, imagine what it would taste like out of a drip coffee. That's maker. the thing. I my theory is that it wouldn't be good out of a drip coffee maker. Then mm. you think coffee? I think are good? some. I think some coffees are good are better when brewed a certain way. And this tastes like the kind of coffee that would be best French-pressed. I have a question. Would it be unethical for the French Press podcast to stop drinking coffee from a French press? Would it ever work to just make coffee from a drip coffee maker? Uh, We've but all it discussed be the French it, press. that we actually like regular coffee better. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it would be unethical. 
This well, is the French Press podcast. It's the the French Press is in our logo. <laughs> What's our name? Well, we're trying to change that. <laughs> um, uh, Paul, what did you think of the coffee? Did you? Well, how many stars would you give it? Out of oh, five? I would give it at least three or four. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Tell us about you have a special mug. Uh, that you're that you're supping from. Well, yes, my mug. What's up with your uh, mug? Looking at the mug, at the top, it says, first rate. And then in bold letters, it says, bus driver. So this was given to me by one of the people that were on our tour up in New York State on that tour. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, they found it at some so truck they, stop or someplace. They must like you. Oh yeah, they like they like riding the bus, and there's always this rivalry: who can drive the best, oh. Trish or Paul? Oh. Uh, between the two of you? Or yes. Oh, no, but, not not between the two of us, but the people. Oh, they yeah. put you guys against yeah. each other. So. So when I take the back seat and Trish gets in the driver's seat as the people are coming back on the bus because we're like doing this at a restroom break. Oh, you don't do it while you're driving? No. <laughs> that they tried not... once or twice and then it gets the it gets uh the um the passengers all riled up. Yeah. <laughs> Long line for the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. We don't I just never I just think it's too risky. <laughs> but anyhow, as they come on the bus, they look at Trish and they oh, new driver. And the guys come on the bus. They say, uh-oh, woman driver. <laughs> oh, boy. So do you normally only drive Amish or is anyone allowed on your well, buses? Yeah, anyone is allowed on okay. the buses. Like next, this, this coming weekend. There's at least five English people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this coming weekend, we are taking Concord High School chorus and drama huh. to Dayton, Ohio for a three-day... Th well, we leave on Friday night, and then we get back... Or Friday afternoon, we get back Sunday afternoon. Okay. That's interesting that they're having U-Haul them instead of using their own buses. No, they're not using a U-Haul. They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. using Berea Transport, Yeah. <laughs> You're silly. Well, they they could use their own, but when they use a um, a motor coach, they see it and they view it as a privilege or a step it's like up. A, it's like the special thing. Yeah, yeah it's a special yeah. thing, and they want to do that for their for yeah. their choir and for yeah. their mm -hmm. drama team and stuff. <clears throat> Interesting. So are you gonna? Well, that's cool. Are you gonna watch them perform? No, it's they're they're actually really good. They but. go to, I'm not sure they they call it a camp, but they go to a campus. Oh, so they're oh, not okay. giving a program. No, they go okay. interact with other drama teams, and then oh, yeah. maybe if they do uh, something, it's as a presentation to other drama yeah. teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I don't know how it works or how they do. But it was really neat <clears throat> when last year, when they get on the bus and the choir director wants to get everybody's attention, he will take the microphone and he'll just do a, a pitch like, hmm, and everybody just pitches in 
and does their uh, notes or you know <laughs> gets their key. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then everybody stops and they look at him and, and then he talks. <laughs> They're really? different. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a lot like the Amish. <laughs> well, with the one song me, they don't they don't listen <laughs> yeah. for a key. What's the typical sing. What's the typical way that an Amish tour guide gets everybody's attention? Um, they just yell. See, they would get on the. They would take the microphone and they'll say, "Good morning, everyone." And then they'll start telling them about the activities of oh, the okay. day or what's what. So they're hand. they're actually pretty attentive and and, and not uh, super unruly. <laughs> uh for the most part they listen, but sometimes we have a step on guide that comes on, uh-huh. and they they'll tour tour us through a given city or an area. And it is amazing how many of the Amish people sit back there and visit. <laughs> they just don't care. <laughs> and they, they just visit. Care. Just socializing. And they got, yeah, they're socializing. Well, they can't be on their smartphones, you know. No, they can't. No. Chatting with their friends, so they just have to actually chat with their friends. Yeah, and they can't look, they can't <clears throat> use their smartphones to look up the facts, like to double check the, the tour guide <laughs> if he's actually, you know, telling the truth. So better to just block him out. Yeah. Yeah. So are the tour guides for your Amish groups, are they often from the Amish? Or is oh, it... yeah. They're all Amish. But yeah. even the, the tour guide is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. They're <clears throat> well, celebration you, well, tours. You're, you're asking about the step-on tour guide. No, no, not the step-on tour oh, guide. Oh, just like, like the main tour the, guide. The primary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The tour guides, um, celebration tours, They that's a team of three guys. Lamar Hostetler, Vernon Miller, and Christy Miller. Lamar and Vernon live over here by Napanee. Oh. And then and then Christy lives over by Shepshawana. So Christy's not Amish anymore. Yeah. He's still Amish? Yeah. Not the Christy I know. No, I don't it's probably yeah. a different yeah. Christy. There's, there's a Christy more than one Christy. There's a Christy <laughs> Miller that goes to Sandy Ridge. Now. He works at ENS Sales. Oh, okay. This guy does. And then he goes to Florida in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> lives oh. it up down there. Yeah. But I was just there. So they, <laughs> I saw some Amish people lifting it up. Did you see Christy? <laughs> no, he's not he down there. <laughs> he didn't wave at me. <clears throat> but they split it up. So Lamar takes care of all the attractions. <laughs> Vernon takes care of all the restaurants, and then Christy takes care of all the hotels. Hmm. So they split it up, and it's a lot easier that way. Yeah, sure. They're a triple threat. And do they go? All three of them go along? Most generally, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, and they get their way paid wow, for. Wow, that would be really difficult. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, they're allowed to use their their phone booths. Well, they have. And they phones. have big address books. No, they the Amish have not allowed and an atlas. Uh, a it's some kind of a phone, a bag phone or something, a box phone or something. It's not a cell phone because they they have a regular phone there and. And beings that our buses have 110 outlets, they plug it in and they power this thing. And what in the it, world? So do they have internet or is it just phone? It's a phone. <coughs> it's just no, no, no is it is it the kind like that? It has like a circle dial and some holes punched in around it. No, it's like a clock no. face. And then you. No, it's actually got a a keypad. Where they oh wrong number. <laughs> Let's start over. Well, they can probably find them uh, pretty easy out of the. Uh, at like a Goodwill or something. Well, it's just a regular... The one guy has just... He's got a regular house phone. You know, it's uh, flat and it sits here and it's got the 
receiver here. Is it wireless? It, it or, seems or like, it don't like you a, feel like we could, coiled, I don't know. Do this? Yeah. You want to be the hotel guy, Jeff? It, yeah. I'll be, the, I'll be the restaurant guy. Leighton, you take care of the actual places. It seems going. like there's okay. there's more Done. technology going into that phone than into your average cell phone. Uh, no. Because it's so uncommon. They don't have a processor. I doubt it. It's got to be something in there to connect to the cell tower. Display. Does it have a display? Exactly. I I think they call it the black box or something like that. Ooh. Ooh. Black box. That's high tech stuff. Phone. I would actually love to get one of those in here and like talk about it. Like a black box or these Amish phones? Both. But the Amish phone. Well, I'm sure we get, we could work that out that one of the Amish guys comes in here and talks about it. We've (laughs) never had an Amish actual person on the podcast. We haven't. We've, We've had a, a, we puppet. Ha- a puppet. A boxing puppet. <laughs> boxing John. John. Where is he anyways? Uh, He's over around here somewhere. John and uh, his his uh, cousin Jonai. Jonai, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they they had the boxing match. <laughs> I think. Yeah. With the one episode. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we should get back back to our story. Where did we leave off, Paul? Well, okay, so we're coming down the interstate and the alarm goes off. So I checked I have a little computer screen down in the bottom of my dash, and there's a lot of information that comes on there if there's an alarm. And so I look at that, and the little temperature gauge comes on, and it tells me that my engine is super hot. And I look at my temperature gauge, and it's way over by 220, 25. It's boiling back. Yeah, it's hot. So I quick stop, and when I stop, the engine stops. And so uh, I get out of my seat. <clears throat> I was going to ask, how hot is it normally? Uh, it runs right at uh, 180, 190, somewhere okay. in there. If it goes above that, eh, you don't have to worry about it. If it doesn't go higher than 210, okay. you're okay. Okay. But when it goes above that, it can be pretty boiling. soon you get a little yellow light that says check engine. Mm. Oh, I hate that yellow light. I don't like the yellow light. I usually just ignore those. <clears throat> But yeah, my, I have one in my car that I'm just ignoring. My red engine light was on, and that means... The red one, you can't Stop ignore. the engine. That means that it's going to blow up soon. No, it just means stop the engine. It's Something's very wrong. Uh, so I head back there, and I open up the back doors by the engine. Oh, what'd you see? A big raccoon got caught in there in the pulleys. That's an armadillo. Oh, <laughs> not again. <laughs> no, the... Um, the one there, uh, the belt tensioners, you know, uh-huh. the belts mm-hmm. have to be tight right. so that they drive all the pulleys. Mm-hmm. Well, the one, uh, a couple of the, the tensioners are air driven. I mean, mm. my air system inflates and then it puts so many pounds into those little airlines back there yeah. and it tightens up. The belts. Oh, gotcha. That's that's well. What happens is the bolts that were holding the tensioner bracket broke off, oh. and the tensioner bracket just fell down. Okay. And so the bracket was still intact. The bracket was laying back, but there. it was laying down. The bolts. It was got, hanging. Got at, sheared. The yes. Hold it. Yes. It takes a lot of. Yes. How, Jeff, yeah. you're an engineer or a draftsman. Uh, you could how how much does it take to what what size are these bolts like quarter inch yeah three eighths yeah quarter inch bolts quarter inch how much what's how much the, force what's the sheer strength of a yeah quarter what's inch the sheer bolt? strength of a bolt of a quarter inch bolt <clears throat> a grade and, five and it doesn't matter it matters probably if there's multiple ones right because there's three of them <clears throat> there's three of them 
Wow. Oh boy, Jeff. Calculate that. Times three. Calculate that on your on your smartphone. Full cheer strength. Uh he's pulling it up. That's a terrible Ugh. I can't even the, I can't even load any of these. These the images are too head. are too um what? Too uh, granny? Can they hold three tons? Is that um uh, per? Here we go. How many how many um Okay, so a half inch bolt can hold Well then we'll just divide this by two. No, it's not just by two. Here we go. But a quarter <clears throat> is twice as much as half. Right. No. A quarter. It's one inch. Can hold four thousand oh, pounds. Twice as much as half. Wow. The the sheer no. strength the sheer strength <laughs> is, is four thousand pounds for a quarter inch bolt. Okay. Two thousand pounds. Four thousand. Four thousand. So two tons. Oh wow. Yeah, two tons. So six oh, no, tons. Oh no, thirty six hundred pounds. Thirty six hundred times three. <clears throat> That's a lot of pounds. Wow. Wow. Well, Anyways, keep going, Dad. So, so after <coughs> we in look at this and investigate, we've seen where the one bolt was sticking out of the block about a quarter of an inch. So we know the head had snapped off of that one. Yeah. And that one was all worn and rusty. So that one hasn't been holding anything for, for a long time. A long time. A long time. Then we look at the bottom bolt. Mm-hmm. That was... That one was broke, but it wasn't a fresh break. Yeah. So we know that there was only one, one bolt. <laughs> the top one was holding that bracket for I don't know how long. Uh-huh. And it just couldn't carry But see, if somebody, if somebody over-tightened that bolt when they put it in, then they could have put extra stress on it and reduced the strength of it. I see. That could be. Hmm. But... It just couldn't handle it anymore. So this, the the whole bracket, was hanging there, on the airline. Uh huh. So that was so good the airline you didn't was just hanging it. there. And so what happened is when that broke, the little uh, airbag that mm-hmm. tightens yeah. up lost its top, and it just psh, the air uh. just blew out, and I lost my air pressure and. The belt that runs the fan yeah. to cool the engine stopped running. Stopped running. Yeah, oh, man. And the engine got hot instantly. Well, it's, well, it's good not, that yeah, it's good it's that, good it that you actually. didn't that the airline didn't get in the belt because right because it, it was right it in the middle. Like the belt was running, and wow. it it was right in the middle. That's where the <clears throat> that's where the bracket was. So man. so I get out and I'm looking at it, and as I'm leaving the bus to to investigate. <clears throat> There's about three Amish guys right behind me. They want to see exactly what's going on. Oh, <laughs> they must have owned their own bike shops or something. No, there's a few they were, like they were, that. They were, they were they were they're fixers by nature. Well, seriously, the one guy, Carl. Oh. He grew up down at uh, Gravelton Machine Shop or mm, welding yeah. or that. His mm. dad, Earl, was running that. So the guy. He, he knows everything about. Machines mm. and how to make things work. And the other one was John Helmuth, which he works out at Air Cabinet. And he's kind of an engineer kind of thing. He knows he, he knows how to, how to make things work, too. I see. Anyhow, those two guys were back there. And 
I take a look at it. So I went back up and start talking with Trish. I said, we, we got to find a repairman to come. All we need is bolts to put this mm-hmm. bracket back on and the little airbag yeah. to put back on. And we're, we're good to go. Yeah, it's not much to it. I mean, that's all it the is. Parts are expensive. Three it's bolts just, and 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 this little airbag. It's just a matter of getting the parts. So, <clears throat> and and what time is it at this point? Uh, ten thirty at night. No, no, in in the morning. Oh, that's a good. So we're because we have to be down in uh, Alabama for our lunch stop at oh. at a uh, Golden Corral. No. Oh no, this is at Don and Julie, John and Donald and Julie, Yoder. They're Mennonite people down in Alabama, yeah, and they're hosting a yeah, bus the whole busload. Yes, hold it. They must yeah. cater or something. They they know how to do it. I yeah, see. They're good. Uh, they they're uh, they have such good food. Anyhow, so they uh, Trish and I start looking for a repairman. Yeah, and we see where this is not getting anywhere fast. So we she starts calling around for a bus company. Mm. We gotta find someone to take our people on. We're just sitting there. Well, we're sitting beside the road, right beside the interstate, and this traffic is just blasting uh-huh. past us. You know, they probably shake the buses. They go by. Yeah, as the semis when they go by, the whole mm. bus goes. Whoop, it just shakes. Them. I'm guessing the passengers go. Ah! <laughs> no, <laughs> go, nobody, ah! nobody was really too. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> nobody was really too worried. Oh, about okay. It. So anyhow, a couple of the guys start walking back <clears throat> the road to see if they can find the little lid or the cap that um, closes things up so that we could seal it back up. Yeah. And uh, the other two guys <clears throat> are looking at the airlines and they <clears throat> start investigating how we can do this to make tinkering. so that so that we could build up air pressure. They start crafting and yeah. and move the bus from the highway to the next exit and get off the mm-hmm. interstate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm up there trying to make contact with, with a repairman. In the meantime, I call Mass Service. Now this is this is key. Mast Service mm-hmm. does all my service work. Oh. So when I'm broke down someplace, doesn't matter where I'm at. Mast Service wants me to call them okay. and tell them what's going on. And then what they do. Now this is really cool. What they do, they know what I need. No matter what's broke, they can figure out what I need, and they get the part numbers. Okay. Oh, yeah. So even if you find a Napa, yes. you'd be set. Any or, repairman. Or an auto, or so an then, zone, yes. O'Reilly's. Whenever I get the repairman, and I am in Nashville. I'm south of Nashville, about a half hour. Matt, up here, Matt Slaybaugh at Mass Service, Calls that, that, that repairman. That's co-worker Dylan's dad. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He calls the repairman and tells him, hey, what you need is this, this, and this, and here are the part numbers. And Prevo has a terminal down there, a distribution center. You can pick it up right there. They got it ready for you. All you have to do is go over and get it. Oh, nice. And that worked out so smoothly. Wow. Mikey, the guy that owns the repair service, went over, picked up. The parts brought it over to Corey, the guy that came down to my bus, gave it to Corey, and then Corey came down. Now, however, it didn't happen that fast. It took 
about three hours oh. yeah. for that to happen. Did you miss the, the lunch with the Mennonites? Totally. Oh! Was the food spoiled? No. The other bus, another bus came. Oh. Classic coach. Classic coach? Well, that's not advertising. Something, though. but anyhow. Some other bus company I'll, I'll, came. I'll beep it out. Yeah, good. <laughs> came over, loaded all our people onto it, and then they took off, and Trish and I were sitting there by ourselves. Uh. But that wasn't all bad. Because across catty corner, across the street, there was a little Chick Fil A. No, no, it was a um, uh, Exxon station or something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we go over there, and guess what they had in these nice big stock pots, quarter inch bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Just what you need. Not really. Oh, okay. Fried chicken, boiled peanuts. Oh, you got oh. some Google. I got. Boiled peanuts. Oh, good. So we each got a big container, and we head back over to the bus. Oh, you were you had her on cloud she nine. Ate, Trish ate all her fill, and then I ate all of mine and the rest of hers. <laughs> but there's you're you're skipping part of the story though, Paul. Well, so then the repairman gets there. <clears throat> well, but how did you guys get to? Oh, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, these Amish guys take they, were the, they, they take the airline fittings apart and they put them back together, and they put a a screw in the one hole because the, the mm. airlines plugged everything up, mm-hmm. but there was one hole that was still blowing air, mm-hmm. and so they just took a screw <clears throat> and pushed it down in there now. Face it, they put the screw in backwards so that the threads are yeah. facing out. Mm. Then they take uh, duct tape and they wrap it around there. And that du- seals an airline? That holds, that holds the screw in there. <laughs> and then you take now, off and the screw shoots out yeah, of there. Exactly, like a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't completely sealed, but it slowed the air way down. It, I could build up my air pressure real easy. Oh, okay. So uh, then they take bungee straps. Of course. And they bungee strapped it over and uh, so that the belt would be tight so my engine would cool. So the cooling fan would work. <laughs> oh, my word. So they bungee strapped it. And then they, he said, okay, hey, start start the engine. Let's see if it, if it airs up. So I start the engine. And, and pew! And the bungee straps go... <laughs> And All so pretty soon, <laughs> I had I had the engine running for about thirty seconds. Then they start yelling back there, "Whoa! Turn it off! Turn it off!" <laughs> oh so boy! I cut the engine off. and went back and looked, and he said, "Hey, we got to do something better than the bungee straps. It's not tight enough." So they said, "Hey, we need a saw. Does anybody have a saw?" Yeah, I got one in my back pocket. Yeah. So so the tour guy says, "Yeah, I got one up in the bus." What? He was going to, it was one of the little prize pieces that, you know, he let people pick if when they win a prize. You get uh, a saw. Yeah. Here you he go, can, little Jimmy. Don't run with it. <laughs> so here are these two guys take off and go into the woods right there beside the interstate looking for a piece of wood. And they come out carrying a, a little tree about yay long and oh my this word. big around. They start cutting that thing off after they chopped that 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 thing down. That and tree, then, uh, they probably got so they off. cut one piece off. And then the other guy grabs that and comes over and, he, and while they're cutting it for the other end, and he holds it up there, 
So he says, hey, I think we can just put that in there. So I grab my hammer, and he takes that piece of wood, bang, 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 knocks it in there, and it just tightens that up totally tight as if the air was totally blown up. Blown up. Those belts were very tight. There was no give because there was yeah. a block of wood between the engine and that. Oh, my word. Oh, said, now go start the engine. So I went up and started it. <laughs> we got a block of wood in here. It should be good to go. And uh, <laughs> Bungee straps didn't work. Everything was good. So we aired up, and we packed everything back into the bus. Oh, my stars. And we drove up to the uh, first exit, which was like four miles. And oh, a little wow, wasted. Pretty, wow. You drove four miles on a piece of wood. <clears throat> Not bad. And drove up there, drove around, parked it, and that's when they, we got the other bus company to come get. So the, the other bus, but that was a local bus company. Well, it was fairly local. It only took him an hour or so to get there. Okay, and then and then like he took your people to somewhere, and then you went and picked them up <clears throat> later. Yeah, he took them all the way to Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And then that evening we met them at yeah. the hotel. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyhow, so Corey gets there. Now he's the guy, he's the repairman. He's got everything he needs because Matt told him what he needs. And mm-hmm. so he's got it. Comes up there and the one bolt. Oh, I missed the part where the Amish guys took my pliers. I always keep a pliers on the bus, a little <clears throat> toolbox. And he took my pliers and they backed out two bolts. <laughs> so all that was left was the one bolt that had sheared yeah. the last. Mm. And so then Corey had to drill that one out and clean the threads and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he and he put everything back together and then I told Corey, now these this airline, these airlines, all that has to be taken apart and this fitting goes with this bracket and this fitting goes into there and and he's looking at this and he's trying to understand what I'm saying. And pretty soon he goes What's that block of wood in there? Wow. Now, who figured that out? I mean, these guys. This is genius. <laughs> these, these guys are gangsters. <laughs> Amish gangsters. It, so he was he was thoroughly in, impressed with the way they were with able some to, Amish engineering. To jig it together. Put to make it work so, so that we could get off the, the interstate. Man, so is that uh, is that normal that you have like a bus is very complex? Yes. So I mean, is, is it? It's probably not uncommon for like uh, some things like to go a little bit wrong here and there. We like have to fix it up. Do, yeah. Is it normally stuff though that that you can just like uh, it's just a fuse is blown or or is it more often than not is it something where you need to get re- like a repairman out? A lot of times I have to get a repairman, and sometimes I can jig it and make it back home and then mast is good they will ray will let me come down late at night or on a sunday afternoon and fix it so we can leave again monday morning but the one time there was a relay i think it's called a relay was bad and so something wasn't working and i forget what it was and so i had one of the amish guys help me figure out which one it is and we kept moving the things around and we figured out which which relay was bad mm-hmm. wow. okay. and then we took one out of of a relay that didn't really matter that much and put it in there and then it whatever component it was that wasn't working a microphone or something i forget what it was and got it working yeah these yeah. amish guys they 
They're <laughs> Amish, but a lot of them are diesel mechanics, electronic guys that, that work with electronics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's hmm. crazy. Uh, what is the craziest uh, bus story that, that you have? He, he just spilled it. No. Well. Or maybe that's for a tease for another podcast. It. Yeah, yeah. I could tell you about the time I drove up to Wisconsin. No, 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 not that one, Dad. In the that's win- not appropriate. In the winter time. Oh boy. <laughs> we, we should save it. Okay. We should save okay. it. So next, the next Paul story to be continued will be about a Wisconsin drive in the winter. It was cold. All right. Do we have any other anything else to discuss? Or are we ready to wrap it up? Hmm. Hmm. Do we have any feedback? I don't have any feedback. I do, but I don't think it's worth mentioning. <laughs> All right. Well, Layton, what's the point? Uh, oh, the point is, if you want to take a bus trip, you gotta get Berea Transport. Point number two: if you have, if your electricity goes out, if your power goes out, don't call Nipsco. Call an Amishman. He'll get it figured out. <laughs> and what's our word of the week? Word of the week is. Bus. <laughs> <laughs>